Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Praise God. Hey, can we thank God again? Why don't we just praise Him and worship Him? Father, we thank You. Lord God, we honour You. Come on, why don't you just keep praising the name of God. Lift Him up in your heart. Father, we worship and we praise and we magnify You. God, we honour and lift You up. Thank you, Lord. And in the same vein, can we thank our worship team? Wasn't that phenomenal? Amazing. And um, God got a little more glory than you guys, and as He always should, so that's good. Very good. No, we truly do appreciate you as a team, and uh, I love humble worship leaders that just want to pursue God and honour Him and serve Him. Now, you've all sat down very comfortably, which you should do. You're, it's a free country. You should do whatever you feel, but I'm going to get you to stand up again. And because um, I want us just to, just to, actually, you know what? If you're comfortable to sit up, that's okay too. Some of you wish you'd listened to me longer. You're like, oh, I stood up. I could have sat down, but that's okay. But um, Emma, can you just keep playing with us? We're just going to wait on God just to touch, touch more and um, just wait on his presence and beautiful. Just letting his presence just fill our lives fresh here this morning what encouraging words we've had so far just in terms of the fear of this world going as we're filled with the love of God which casts out all fear now if we follow that scripture it then says for fear has to do with judgment which is a perception that somehow God's just there waiting for you just to step that little bit over and then whack. That's not the love of the Father. Why don't you just let His love fill you now? Thank you, Heavenly Father, that your peace invade our hearts here, that your presence saturate our lives afresh. you're comfortable I just want everyone just just put your hands in front of you just like you're actually going to receive something from God close your eyes maybe this is new to you maybe you're a guest with us today and this is your first time God loves you and if you just be willing you you are willing to come you're willing to come through the door just be willing now just to just close your eyes and just position yourself in a place for God to bless you
Thank you, Lord. He's good, huh? He's really good. Well, you may be seated. And uh, I encourage you more and more, let him take over your, your plans. I remember a story Pastor Phil used to share with us uh, when he was first started the church. And um, he'd been praying and nothing much had been happening, being about an hour. And he just prayed a few prayers and was seeking God. And then he got dressed. And in, back then when you led a church, you had to wear a suit and tie. I'm really grateful that you don't make me wear a suit and tie. Please don't make me wear a suit and tie. Um, and uh, so he got everything back on and he was just about to leave the house. And he felt the Holy Spirit say, where are you going? Come back and pray. And he uh, got my clothes on. I'm ready. And he and he said that he stood in this this place of indecision, like literally with the front door for like a good minute or so. And Pastor Chris is like looking at him, going, "What are you doing? Go to work." And he just said, "No, close the door." And she's like, "What are you doing?" He didn't even answer. He was just cross. He just walked in fine. And he said, he got into his room. He closed the door, put down his bag, took off his tie, and said, "God, I'm here." And it was one of the most phenomenal visions he had that actually completely shifted the way the church was moving into the future. And I've got to tell you, I had this sense as we were just walking that some of us here, there's almost this river of God that wants to sweep you away, but you've got this great foundation, this this really comforting kind of almost a wharf that is just so comfortable and it's your reason. It's like, if I let go of this thing and just let God take me somewhere a little deeper... I feel a little nervy about that, but I encourage you, this week, in prayer, just go a little deeper. Just let go and get swept away with God, because that's where peace comes. Like, I think God has a river, an ocean of peace, and we put our toe in it. But go all in. And it might sometimes look a little undignified. It might sometimes... Uh, conflict with your schedule. It might sometimes conflict with your plans. But I've got to tell you, when we say God's way, not our way, you'll be blessed. Amen? Amen. I love God because you don't have to be a rocket science to follow, scientist to follow God. Uh, it's, it's actually not that difficult. But it's really difficult because you've got to be dead. Like, and, and everyone just went, Wait, like, what do you mean I've got to die? No, well, not physically, literally, but on the inside, you have to say, God, I'm yours. Like we say, I am yours. We're singing, praise God, I've got peace. But you have to be his then. You can't have the peace of God and still be yours. You have to be his. And whoever loses their life will find it. But whoever tries to hold on to it, Never ends well. Any slow learners out there like me? Never ends well, does it? I fight God all the time on stuff. It's awesome. And I think, the funny thing is, I think I can win. I reckon I can win this fight. No, I'm right. Like, Tam and I might have a fight and the Holy Spirit's telling me. Like, go and say sorry. I'm like, we never argue. It's, in fact, it's, um, it's our anniversary today. So, happy anniversary. 18 years. And we never fight. We do fight. In fact, if you want to have a decent relationship, you better learn how to fight good. Like, you've got to fight well. 
Like any relationship that tells me we don't have any conflict, I'm like, man, there is a lot of stuff happening that you're just not talking about. <laughs> and it's going to explode one day. Better get it out. Just do it well. Do it kindly. But when we fight and the Lord's like, go and say sorry, I'm like, but I'm not sorry. I'm actually really angry. I just want to fight him on it. But today I want, to, I want to talk about what it means to be prepared to follow him. We're in this series on, on make ready, be prepared. And, and last, the first week we talked about preparing in a place of prayer, actually being prepared to pray. Uh, Tam last week talked about preparing to let go, being ready to actually let go of the old, let go of the hurt, let go of the frustration, move into a place of forgiveness and into your future. And Benny Rundle is going to be preaching next week. Amen. Come on. Who loves Ben? So good. I hear that there may be props. Come on. There better be. And... And he's going to be talking about being prepared in your purpose, that God actually has a purpose for you in your everyday. And we have to be ready for that. We have to be ready to step and act and follow God's leading. And before we get there, I want to talk about being ready to follow. Because we have to be ready to follow him if we want to step into all that he has for us. So, amen. Wow, it's already 11.15. But that's okay because you like church, don't you? So we can go another couple of minutes if we have to. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Hey, on the 27th of March, just to let you know, the weekend prior to the transition weekend with Pastor Steve and Deb, we have a really exciting announcement. We're going to be having a 6 p.m. service. So we'll have our morning service as well as a 6 p.m. service. Um, And this 6 p.m. service, it will be instead of our Wednesday hour of power. We're going to have our hour of power on a Sunday night because we're going to have Pastor Phil Pringle coming here. He's going to be coming and sharing and preaching and prophesying over us as a church. And I just think that's so cool that as we step into a new day as a church together, uh, the head of our movement coming in and just prophetically speaking into that space. So come along, bring friends. It's going to be amazing. And uh, we're just going to let Pastor Phil go and do what he does. And it's always exciting and you just never know. And so uh, it'll be an hour of power and we'll say hour-ish of power. We'll just see. But it'll be great. And then, of course, April the 3rd, just again, encouraging us all to register just to ensure that we can fit everyone in here and make sure that we can have a phenomenal, phenomenal Sunday as we celebrate and thank Pastor Steve and Deb and pray Tam and I in and then we um, go from from there. It's been a really interesting start, hasn't it? Like, if I had my way, I don't think I'd normally plan it like this. I don't think Pastor Steve and I have been in a service together yet, because uh, every time he can come, I can't for some reason, and then when I can come, he can't. And I like, it's not like small things, it's like Queensland gets flooded, and he gets COVID, or I get COVID, and so it's been interesting. It's really pushed me in this sense of, well, we'll just trust God, because he does know best, but he's working all things together. But I do want us all there on the April the 3rd, Okay? pray. Nothing's stopping this from happening. We're not delaying this any longer. It's happening April the 3rd. Register. It's going to be good. Yeah, come on. Let's praise God. Amen. It is good. Also, um, at the end of the service, uh, our friend Ben Aiken, he's going to come and, and close the service and just lead us through a moment where we can sacrificially give 
in a love offering towards all that's been happening in Australia with the floods and also what's been happening in the Ukraine. We want to be able to uh, bring some funds into that. So whatever you give into that space, we will then divide into those two areas that we know are huge needs uh, in our world today. And so let's always be a church prepared to be a blessing to people. Amen. We are blessed to be a blessing and uh, we want to make sure that we can actually help in that space. So just to give you the heads up for that. All right. Are we ready? Good. Make ready, make ready. So we're preparing again for this season ahead. I know it feels like it's the season that now you keep talking about this season ahead. Transition has been happening. Thank you, worship team. You may go. Thank you, M. Sorry. Otherwise, you'd be up there all day and then it'd be like, when can I sit down? Um, and, and, and we're really preparing for this season, but we're also preparing that Easter's coming. It's really exciting for us to be prepared for that space and be thinking through who we can be reaching out to. How, how is Easter going to radically re-transform your life this year? And if that's a foreign concept, because sometimes it's a foreign concept to me, because when you've been in church for a while, Easter's just Easter, right? And you hopefully won't eat too many eggs. You will. That's good. No, that's good. And, and, but we, we want to come to a point where we are ready for these moments, that we actually start to think, God, what are you going to do in my heart in this season? And so we want to be ready. And one of the ways that God prepares us is to be a prepared people that are prepared to follow. That actually, if God is doing something, doing something in our lives, shifting something in our hearts, shifting something in the world, if God is doing something indeed in, in countries that are beyond our control, if God is doing things around us, are we prepared for it? The, the, the other week I spoke, I think it was on video, I think, because I couldn't be here, but I, I, I again expressed our, our great excitement for our first winter. You're all laughing. But... I, you know, it's one thing to know that something's coming, but to be prepared for it requires preparation. So I'm buying jackets soon. Keep reminding every time there's a slight cold snap, oh, we've got to get better prepared for this. Because when, when something comes and you're not ready, it's too late. But God gives us a time and time again to prepare. And one of the biggest things he wanted to do in his people from the dawn of creation was to be a people that are prepared to follow the king. And if I was God, I wouldn't give you a choice. It'd be a lot easier if he just made us all follow me. Okay, I will. But he gave you free choice. And it is a choice. It's not much of a choice. Death or life? But it's still a choice. And so the choice, what I've found about following God is not just a one decision when I put my hand up and said, yes, I want to follow you and I was emotional and crying and I'm in God 100%. Then Monday happened and I had to be prepared to follow again. And then Tuesday happened. And I had to be prepared to follow again. And then Wednesday, I got in my car and started driving, and this wonderful person cut me off, and I had a choice to be prepared to follow again. And then, and then maybe you got on Thursday, and, and you had a work situation, and, and you could have fudged the books. You could have made it look and got yourself, but you were prepared to follow again. And then Friday, 
your kids did something and you were ready to lose your mind and you were re- but you were prepared to follow again and then saturday and then sunday and then monday and then tuesday it's a long walk isn't it and it is a walk the christian walk is a walk it's a step by step day by day where we are prepared to follow him and we want to be a church that is prepared to follow him in all areas of our lives of our speech our conduct our relationships the way we do work the way we reach out to others, the way that we do church, even the way we do things here. When Tam and I were talking through with Pastor Steve and Deb what this could look like and they mentioned the way you're doing church with Gather Scattered, I was like, that's different. <laughs> and, and, and I want to make sure we're prepared to follow God. I don't want to follow what I think is the right way or what we all... Th- we want to make sure we're following God in these spaces. And as I've been talking to people about why we do gather and scatter, what I am deeply convinced by is that this church has 100% conviction and commitment to be a church that radically transforms people's lives. That we don't want to just be a church that becomes a religious entity where people come in and go out and, 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 and lift their hands in the right points and, and, and clap in the right points, but their life never gets better. Because for freedom, apparently, Christ set me free. I want to experience that freedom to the absolute depth of all that I've had. And if I look at how church life from the dawn of the New Testament church, transformation and discipleship has always happened in community. Ephesians 4 talks about everyone growing up into the head, but it is everyone growing up together into the head. James tells us that if you are actually struggling and ill, go to your brother, confess your sins and your needs to one another so that you'll find healing. If you think you can do the Christian experience by coming to a church, never really fully getting connected and leaving, you can't. Because the hand can never say to the foot, I have no need of you. The heart can't say to the lung, I don't have any need to you. We're in this together. And the funny thing about family, you can't pick your family. And I kind of relate the same to church. Now you can, you could leave, but you would miss out on an opportunity to have someone that you don't fully align with, you don't fully get along with, but through love and sacrifice, you're going to commit yourself to a body and we're going to grow up and actually see this thing change our life. We're going to see God's ministry and mission through his church, his ecclesia, change our lives because he is building his church. He's building his church. He's not building his Jimmy. He's building his church. If Jimmy stays part of the church, Jimmy will grow up. He's building his church. He's called out people. Okay? So we see in this, and and this is what I got excited about, because I'm like, hang on, I can see what they're trying to do. And I'm experiencing exactly what they're talking about, the team. I've been to a few, and I've seen people discovering their devotion to God in a renewed way. I've seen people are reconnecting into a community. I've seen people discovering their gifting and their purpose. I've seen kids doing life together and discovering God together in moments that they will remember forever. Don't underestimate that. And I've seen deeply moving worship experience. I want to thank our worship team again. I was moved. And I'm like, this is amazing. They said, we filmed it three years ago. 
I said, well, whatever you did three years ago, keep doing that because that's amazing. And I'm seeing people crying in a living room as they're worshipping God together. So I'm seeing that the thing that we are wanting to achieve in terms of lives being changed and transformed, it's happening. It's awesome. But I also recognize that there are people here and it's, it's, it's challenging. It's more than challenging. And, and, and we're questioning, is this right? And, and the funny thing is, is God is not so much concerned about the method. He's really concerned about the mandate he gives us. He really does want to change lives. So in this period ahead, we want to be a church that's not just following what we think is best. We want to follow God. And we want to hear what everyone thinks and what God is speaking about. And so I've been meeting with leaders and teams and and getting their thoughts and what's happening. And so tomorrow, Monday, we're releasing a survey again. In fact, I think we've got some hard copies here today up the back. Because we want to hear what God is doing in your life, how are you going. And then we're going to review this together. We're going to pray about it. We're going to look into what God is doing, and then we're going to review it in May, and we'll move forward. But what I want us to be doing is that we are a church that, number one, trusts God in this process. We're going to trust the process itself, that this will not be willy-nilly, ready, shoot, ready, I love ready, shoot, aim. Does anyone like ready, shoot, aim? It's like ready, whoops. No, 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 we're going to take time. We're going to think this through. We're going to think, why is this a challenge? Is this still the way that God wants us to do this? Because we genuinely want to be a church that faithfully follows God so that people's lives are transformed. Okay? So in that process, you need to trust that there is a process, but more than anything else, trust one another. Let's trust each other. Let's do this journey together, and let's keep going. Amen? So, survey's coming out. Please, 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 please complete the survey. And don't do it one per family. You fill it out. Tell us, honestly, what's going on, and we'll review that, and that will really, really help. Amen? Is that good? Very good. I've used all my time up in my opening announcements. (laughs) So buckle in, people. No, not really. I'll be quick, I promise. But I do want to go a little deeper into this. Okay, so again... Uh, we're looking at this series, Making Ready, Preparing Our Hearts. And over the time, we've been looking in uh, Isaiah 40 and then the, the, the uh, revelation of that prophecy in, in the person of John the Baptist and that he was got to go ahead of Christ and to make ready a people prepared. And so in, verse, uh, in Luke 1.17, in a vision that the angel Gabriel comes to John's dad, Zacharias, and, and he, he begins to talk... Did I say Zacharias? Zachariah, sorry. And he begins to go in and and talk to him about what his son, what this boy is destined to do, what God is going to be doing through his life. And he says in verse 17, he will go before him, that is go before Christ, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. I love this. John the Baptist, who was called John the Baptist because that's what John did. He just did it all the time. So people thought, he's John. Yeah, the Baptist baptizing guy. He just does it all the time. And that was his call and his mission. He was to baptize people into a baptism of repentance, which which actually just means change your mind. 
And so he's preparing them. And of course, there's the scriptures in Isaiah 40 where it says, make way, prepare a way for the Lord. Well, the way he was going to prepare the way for the Lord was to have a prepared people. Because nothing is stopping God. Mountains aren't stopping God. The earth is not stopping God. But you know what stops God a lot of the times? Us. So if he can prepare the people to be open-hearted and ready to say, God, whatever you want to do, come and do it. So before Christ came and began to bring the answer, he needed someone to go before and bring people into a place of repentance so that their hearts could be prepared. God is always wanting us to be a people that are prepared. And part of that preparation is in preparing us to follow. Anyone think that takes a lot of work? Yeah, man, it's taking a lot of work for the Lord. I'm sorry, sorry, God, because it's taking a lot of work to get me prepared to follow. Because we love holding on to control. Because it's scary when you let go of the wheel. It's scary when you let go of that, that pier I was talking about where there's a lake that you could get swept up into, but you know this pier, this, this, this one point of strength that you can hold on to. It's scary to let go, but it's the only way. We're meant to be a people prepared to follow the king. So this week I was reading in my readings Proverbs, um, uh, Proverbs 9. And Proverbs 9 is phenomenal. Um, and we'll look into a little bit of this in uh, verse 10, but... Proverbs 9 ultimately is, is about wisdom, but it's not, it is about wisdom, but it's really about following the king. And so it starts, it's got these characters in it, it's got everyone who's just walking, and it says that they're walking a certain way. And then there's these two ladies, there's Lady Folly, and there's Lady Wisdom. Both of them have a house, and both of them are kind of in their house, overlooking the main way of life, or the main way of the street, but it's the, the way of life. And they're calling out for people to come. Come follow this way. And the wise go into Lady Wisdom and live, and the, and the foolish, or it's actually the mockers, which means arrogant at the core of it, the people that are not humble enough to follow that, they go and follow Lady Follow to death. And it's, what it really is, is it's an opportunity for us to reflect. It's like Proverbs 9 is like a mirror you can stand in front of and ask yourself, am I wise or foolish? And the way that we measure that then is this measuring stick that comes to us in verse 10, which says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So it talks about fear and knowledge but it's talking about this reverence. It's talking actually about humility. Because when you came under to learn from someone in their culture, what they're talking about is the relationship between someone and their rabbi. When you started following a rabbi and became a disciple of a rabbi, you surrendered your life under their teaching. So you did, it wasn't just like, oh, I kind of will take a bit of this. No, no, I'm going to completely submit and learn from your way of life. So for us to surrender ourselves, and I love that it uses the word in the translations we have, the Lord. Because it's not just surrendering under the Father. Your Father is actually also your Lord. Which is, He is your boss. He's your leader. He's actually a king with a kingdom. And He's saying, come under this. And there you'll find life. It goes on, it says... In verse 11, for by wisdom your days will be many and your years will be added to your life. Following the Lord, it leads to life. Now, it's a life, 
praise God that will be eternal, but it's actually a life of freedom that can start right now. You can actually experience freedom in your life if we're willing to surrender ourselves under Him. And I won't go into verse 12 just for, for, for speed's sake because I'm like eight minutes over. But it does talk about it being a choice. Isn't that crazy? Again, if I was God, I wouldn't give you a choice. Because I know me. You, you're fine. You're good people. Me, I'm a rat bag. But he does. He gives us choice. And the ones that choose wisdom, they go to life. The one, the mockers to their own consequences. Scary. Because again, the choice is between life and death. And we think it's so easy to choose life, but it's not. It's actually really hard. So John's job then is to come and prepare people's heart to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the disobedient, which, sorry, kids, he's talking about kids again. He's not talking about you kids. You kids are awesome. But he's talking about those other disobedient kids, the, the, the C3 Belconnen kids. You know, they're totally disobedient. <laughs> <laughs> don't film that actually I'll text Pastor Nick later he would love that the disobedient it's, it's, it's basically the prophecy that Malachi had he will turn the fathers of the hearts to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers well, what is this ultimately saying it is talking about number one hearts and minds God is not interested in changing your behavior at all he wants to change your heart and your mind because if I can change your thinking and your belief system, you'll change your behavior. And some of you will change it straight away. And some of you will take an entire life of following God to change it. And it may not fully change. But your heart will be in a surrendered to place that says, God, keep helping transform me. I may never get there, but I'm going to stay in a place of humility that allows God to take the lead. Because he doesn't care about your behavior that much. You know, when it talks about the discipline of the Lord, we think so much of the time that God is some angry God ready to discipline you. He doesn't need to. If I tell my children, don't touch the hot plate, and they touch the hot plate, I don't have to do anything. The consequences are there. The law of gravity is a real thing. You can go up there and think, I can jump off the building and nothing will happen to me. Go and do it. It won't be good for you. God doesn't need to punish in the way that we think of punishing. And sometimes there are people, the, the Bible says, humble yourself or be humbled. It's talking about this self-humility or you can be humbled by your circumstances. I unfortunately was one of those people that had to be humbled by my circumstances because I just wanted to keep touching the hot plate. I know it's not good, but, and eventually you say, God, I give up. Lead me. Because he's not really trying to change behavior. He wants to change our hearts. And he wants to turn the heart of the father back to the children and the children back to the father. And that's both in terms of our relationships with one another, which requires humility. But it is also in terms of our relationship with our heavenly father. And it requires humility. And so there's this force that's working against that reality. It's a force that came apart when, when Adam first said no to God. 
when he first decided there was something so perfect in the order that God had placed within this, this realm of following the love of God and also reminding ourselves constantly that we have a choice. And when he chose not to follow, when he sinned, something happened. A power invaded creation and humanity that makes it almost impossible. In fact, it is impossible to follow God. It's like what Paul talks about in Romans 7. All I want to do is do this, but I keep doing that. There is something in my nature that has corrupted me to my core, and I just can't follow God. And the only solution for that was for Jesus Christ to come and live a perfect life, to come and be fully human, fully God, to hang on a cross for us and imagine the full exhaustion of that force, all the power of sin and death, everything that stops us from following him, it had to hit his life so that he who was without sin took on sin onto himself and in that life-giving moment, He exhausted its power. So that now, whoever by faith receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and through faithfulness changes their mindset to repent and say, I'm no longer going to live for me, I'm now going to live for the King. And then by being empowered by the Holy Spirit, so that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in our life to give us a new way of life, we can now experience freedom. So it absolutely, if we want to follow God, it requires faith in Christ. Absolutely. It requires a faithfulness to Him and a willingness to let our old life die and say, I'm going to follow Him. But that's so hard. So we also need the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit-led life who not only empowers us to follow God, who gives us this new life, but is the constant source of help in our time of need. Our constant person reminding us, convicting us, is what the Scriptures say, of both righteousness and sin. Constantly reminding us we're righteous, constantly reminding us the way of righteousness. And at the same time, helping us to avoid sin. And when we do sin, giving us the heart to stand back up again, refine his mercy and keep going. But there's a third person in the picture. And it's us. And it requires us to say, Lord, I'm giving you the leadership of my life. I'm actually letting go and I'm prepared in humility to follow you. So as we close here today, As we prepare as a church for the next 20, 30, however many years we're going to have together, let us be prepared to be a church that follows Him. And if there's any area in your life today, and I promise you there is, where you know you're just not following God, I want this to be a moment, not of fresh condemnation, but of fresh conviction that God is with you and that you can trust Him and that you can keep following Him. And it might be an area in your relationship. It might be the way you talk to one another at home. And you know God's spoken to you about it. Friends have spoken to you about it. But for whatever reason, there's this thing that creeps into your heart and it just won't let it go. Well, don't let this be a moment of condemnation where you're like, yeah, 
see another reason I can't do it. No, let it be a moment of conviction where you're going, God, I need help in this area. Might be in your thinking. Could be the way you, you judge and think about other people in your world. Most likely, it's the way you judge and think about yourself. Which is just as sinful, by the way. Because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, he loves you, doesn't he, Michael? Like, he, he, he loves you more than you could realize. And sometimes you are tearing yourself down in your thinking. But you need to follow God in that. So why don't we just close our eyes? And if there's any area, any area at all, with every eye closed, I'm not going to get you to come up and tell us what it is. I'm not going to get you to come up and write it down. I just want you, with every eye closed, if you can recognize an area that God is speaking to you, just lift your hand to God. Awesome. So good. I've got mine too. And then if you're genuinely here and you're saying, you know what, I don't know if this everything will ever fully shift, but I'm ready to say, God, I need to follow you again. I want you to lift the other hand. Father, you resist the proud. You love people so much that you will keep resisting until their pride breaks. But man, you give grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, which is your unmerited favor to the humble. You see humble hearts and hands lifted here right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come and bring comfort right now. You come and bring peace right now. You remind them. That they are not some wayward prodigal son, but they have someone who has changed their mind, has run back to the Father, and that you wrap your arms around them. And now I ask that you help them see that with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. So we give our lives afresh to you. We surrender and recommit our ways to you. And we ask that this week, when the Holy Spirit comes and we have that aha moment, we'd be ready to follow. Come Holy Spirit. Fall afresh on us. Amen. Awesome. Can we thank God and all those wonderful people that were humble? If in that moment you know that actually that was me saying yes to Jesus, it might have been for the first time or for the first time in a long time, I don't want that decision to remain with you. At the end of this service, I want you to come and talk to one of the team, talk to your connect leader, talk to someone, just one of your friends that you've come and say, hey, I just made that decision and I need a little bit of help in following Jesus and we'd love to be able to help you in that, get you a Bible, talk to you about following God. Sound good? Amen. Well, God, I love these people and you love them more. And so I pray that you bless them. You watch over them this week. Give them a week filled with joy, peace, and your purpose. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to today's message. 
If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.